The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The Green Bay Packers select Jordan Love, quarterback, Utah State. Okay, this is fascinating because I believe Aaron Rodgers is the same age as Brett Favre was in 2005. So there we have it with the 26th pick in the 2020 draft. The Packers draft a quarterback who make no bones about it. They think could potentially replace Aaron Rodgers eventually. Um, the takes are flying. Packers Twitter is at critical system meltdown, and we are here to provide some rapid reactions and a bit of audio therapy, we hope, uh, for you guys. I am Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter, dialing it in from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I am joined on the fly by a, a trusty cohort, firstly in a, a very appropriate Scotch, Scotch, Scotch hoodie out in Brooklyn. It is Alex Patakis. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm hungover for the first time in a long time. It's a, it's like a it nice feel? feeling actually. Um, it's uh it's kind of good. So, uh, I'm hungry. Um, last time the three of us sat down, I was getting ready to eat some chicken tinga tacos and believe it or not, those are being made for lunch today. Again, it's just like, now it's, now it's like every time we podcast, I got to make those things, I guess. So I'm pumped or all those asking. It was, uh, Great recipe. You say, uh, believe it or not, but I believe it because we're in quarantine. So what else are you going to do? Have some midday chicken tinga tacos. I mean, um, yeah, we are also joined as well, hopping on last minute to provide hopefully some uh, facts to this podcast. <laughs> uh, it is Tex Western, our fearless leader at Tex Western on Twitter. How are you, my friend? Facts. What are those? Yeah, it's 2020. What are facts? Uh, well, if anybody was watching the the live stream that we had last night, um, you could tell that Paul and I had had been a few drinks in by the time we got to 26. Um, and and yeah, I'm not. Uh, I won't go so far as to say hungover, but um, last night was long, and I think a little, uh, probably a little disappointing for everybody who was wanting anything other than a quarterback. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Ugh. well, why don't we just get right into it? Flabbergasted, I think, is the word that I'll use. And um, <laughs> we used it last night on the video chat text that, that you mentioned, as well as gobsmacked, I think was the other word uh, we used. Um, and I wanted to get this content out ASAP. Uh, so we don't really have a structured conversation 
planned here, but wow, a quarterback. Alex, what was your initial reaction last night? Oh, initial reaction was definitely shock and then a little bit of sadness. Um, I, 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 I was shocked. It was weird seeing the, the glee on the face of Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst in their respective homes um, and it being about a quarterback other than Aaron Rodgers. I know that sounds really weird, but it was a, at first, like before I thought about like the football element of it, it just became like a very emotional thing for me because, yeah. um, you know, and I was on a video chat actually with a really good, a couple of really good friends of mine who we, we were all together in 2005 at this friend's house. Aww. Um, and we like the whole night we kept talking about when they drafted Aaron Rodgers and they drafted Aaron Rodgers. And when they drafted Jordan Love, I was like, essentially with the same people virtually. And we had like a very similar experience. I was kind of just sad at first because it just made the uh, like Aaron Rodgers football mortality even more real than it has already been um, by like his decline in physical capabilities, slight decline, I should say. Um, And from there, yeah, it just, it it was weird for me. I, I went from being sad to being kind of excited. And then ultimately I woke up this morning um, I know you asked for initial reaction and, and felt pretty good, like a little bit of clarity about, you know, what, what they were thinking and why it makes sense. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I could sell myself on any first round pick. It's, it's very rare for me to, um, you know, I, you could seek out all the good content you want and just tell yourself that it was, a it was a great pick, but, um, it was a bit of an emotional roller coaster for me. It's that's, that's, that's kind of how it went. Yeah, I would say, you know, I hadn't really thought about that emotional element of it, but I remember watching the 2005 draft uh, with my dad, who has now passed, and so that was a big moment, and I remember, like, talking about it with my dad and, and other family members who were who are big Packers fans, and uh, yeah, it's just the, the passage of time. Tex, you're... In, you're... I guess I know your initial reaction because I saw it live uh, on on the video. But like you said, maybe you wake up a little more uh, clear headed. I see you drinking a nice call, tall glass of ice water there. How do you feel? That's right. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was interesting as as we start ticking through the twenties and the the second tier receivers start checking off the board. Right. So Rager goes to Philly, Jefferson goes to Minnesota, and everybody's despondent about that. Um, and then you know San Francisco trades up and takes Ayuk, and so. At that point, you're thinking, okay, now that the move is trade back from 30, um, because then you, you know, maybe you find some extra value, find an extra third or fourth round pick or something, um, get one of the next guys down. But um, and then once they trade up to 26, it was first of all, it was shock that they traded up in the first place. And then there was excitement that, oh, they're probably moving up for Patrick Queen, right? Um and then when, when the name comes across and it's, it's, it's love, it's just shock and, and confusion is, is the, was the first wave of emotions that kind of rolled over us. And as I've sat and processed a little bit, um, I understand it better now, I think, than I did in the moment last night. Yeah. Um, certainly the, obviously the, the Rogers age and, and that certainly plays into it, but um, seeing what they saw in, Jordan love to to make them decide that that he was worth moving up for um you see the tools um and the question is just what happened last year with with the big dip in production and can he uh fix those issues that propped up um obviously the you know Gutekunst and LaFleur think that they can 
can fix that and and their legacies probably as as Ted's and Mike's did before them are going to ride on this quarterback. Yeah, totally. Um Twitter had a much different reaction. Packers Twitter, at least the uh, circles that I sort of drone hover above and and watch to see like the chaos unfurl. Uh <laughs> Alex, were you plugged in on Twitter last night? Did you see sort of the the mayhem? What do you think is behind sort of the the vitriol that's going on here? Well, I mean, I understand. Yes, I, I went on Twitter mainly just around Packers time. Um, before that, I kind of just tried to enjoy a live sporting event, uh, the broadcast and soak it in as much as possible and really yeah. pay close attention to what's in these people's environments, especially like <laughs> Mike McCarthy's paper Gatorade cup as his pen holder. <laughs> And him being just like way too close to the screen. None of that was a surprise at all. Do you think over time he replaces the paper Gatorade cup with a new one? Or has that been the same one for like 12 years? Well, it was a stack because one cup wouldn't hold that many pens because there was highlighters, markers, and all the things that he marks up the Denny's menu with. So it was like four (laughs) cups, you know, to build like a little structural integrity underneath it. And then next to it was another stack of cups. Um, So... Any, like, like just in case those wear out, he's got a couple more pen holders on deck. Anyway, um, so that's the kind of stuff I was watching until it really got down and dirty to, to Packers time um, and when they moved up. And then I kind of plugged into Twitter. And um, I want I know you have an interesting theory about where the vitriol comes from that I'm excited to hear. But I, I just think it's um, it's very interesting to see people angry about like I understand it but don't necessarily agree with it all the time. Like I understand how you could be mad that you were a game away from the Super Bowl and you want to just keep adding pieces to that team. But at the same time um, on Twitter and, you know, I'm generalizing a lot of people here, uh, but like there are a lot of masses who were so harsh on Aaron Rodgers. And I felt like, I feel like we spent, um, you know, the better part of maybe the last two seasons defending him. Yeah. Um, and part of that is just like because we love him and like we might not want to acknowledge that he he's not like who he used to be and and they might be right on that, but it's interesting to me that you can so believe in the decline of Aaron Rodgers and then not like bring yourself to accept the fact that they traded for a guy who at earliest will replace him in two seasons. Yep. You know, like what there there's a disconnect there for me. Yeah. So I thought that that was interesting and and I don't know where that like. I don't know. I, I I guess I come out on it thinking like, okay, guys, like if you if the decline of Aaron Rodgers is real, then like can't we all understand them not reaching for a wide receiver? And if they had, they traded out because they felt the way that the board fell with receivers and things of that nature. Um, would be we would we'd be waking up today probably mad about that, thinking like, well, you got you know you have at bats here to get starting caliber players, you got to take them and. Uh, I don't know. Like no, no one on Twitter is ever going to be happy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's not what it's and, like, for. <laughs> they're happy people on Twitter, but Twitter, when we talk about Twitter as an entire entity is never going to be a happy place. Yeah. So um, I don't know. What did you guys think? You guys were way more tuned in by that point. I was like, I just like cracking extra beers so that I can forget about. <laughs> like, I have, uh, I have a theory that you, as you alluded to um, that I would, that I would like to, uh, to, to get off my chest here. Um, it's a little weird, but I heard, um, the around the NFL podcast guys, uh, a week or two ago, waxing philosophical about the fact 
that part of the allure of sports is that it is a distraction from mortality. It's a distraction from the constant low-level anxiety we all have at knowing that we're going to die one day. Wow, this is like a legit theory. All right. <laughs> so I think that it, it I think that's very true and I believe that there is a certain set of fans. I'm not sure what percentage of people we saw last night who are anti this pick. Um I'm not sure what percentage this is, but there exists certain fans for whom the drafting of the presumed heir to Aaron Rodgers means um, that Rodgers is almost done, that he's getting older, and he's moving on. And so, too, are we getting older and moving on and inching ever closer to death. And I'm not saying that there aren't on-paper reasons to be skeptical of the Jordan of Jordan Love the player, but um, but I do think that some people will try to find ways to justify their feelings with like spreadsheets and tape crunching, et cetera, when, we, when really they're just uncomfortable with their own mortality. And that's, that's my take on some of those people that I saw last night. <laughs> and maybe that's what it is, but you would think that if any fan base should be comfortable moving into the next stage of life, whatever it is, like we're all acknowledging we're getting older and with that comes a new guy throwing passes on Sundays shouldn't we be the most like well-conditioned to kind of like at least like have a little bit of optimism about that and like afford them, you know, the, the I guess, you know, give them a chance to prove that this is the right thing. Like how, have we learned nothing from history repeats itself. It doesn't make it any easier to go through something <laughs> like that. Well, that's the part of this that I love. And I, I just want to say like, and I've sold myself on Jordan Love, the player, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that. And, you know, you could watch uh, all the tape of him against LSU and tell yourself that he's going to be good or whatever. But just, I will say, look, one overarching thought I have, because I, I feel like so much of my devotion to the Packers and to Aaron Rodgers has been um, tied up in him being better than Brett Favre. And like this thought that like the next yeah. guy can like, Life can get better than this. Like Brett Favre was my favorite player of all time. And all of a sudden a new guy comes in and he's the anti-Favre. And I will like, you know, I'll, I'll always think, wow, you know, like he was better than Favre in every single way. Everything Favre didn't do well. He, he was like the antithesis to that. And I am so happy that we get at least, and I really hope that he doesn't disappoint, but the opportunity to see if the end in Green Bay can also be handled impeccably better than Brett Favre. Because if you could put the pettiness aside and do all of those, like, this is the drama. Like, you can't script it better than this. We yeah. get to watch one of the best soap operas play out twice. And it all comes full circle. And I love that Rodgers will have the opportunity to be more graceful than Favre. Yep. And to be a better mentor than Favre. And to kind of, like, end his, end his era in Green Bay and his career and cement his legacy on top of being a great player and all those things. Being someone who was, like, so aware that the organization is bigger than him. Um, and I hope that happens. Now, if he's playing for the Vikings in two years, I'll be fucking pissed. Like, I'll be pissed. I'll be sad. I'll have all no. those same emotions again. But I am so looking forward to two years from now, seeing how this whole thing plays out. And I really hope that he embraces it. And a lot of indications um, so far that he would. Like that Jason Wildey quote, I know yeah. uh, when they asked him about it, he, you know, acknowledged maybe it's not like the most exciting thing, but he's willing to help whoever it is that they draft. So, um, yeah, like hopefully we'll start off on the right foot whenever these guys can actually be in the same room. Yeah. And that's not it's not news. We've heard uh, Rogers talk about stuff like this before, but he was on A.J. Hawk's podcast uh, uh, a couple days ago and was very 
introspective about reflecting back on his time, uh, not just uh, getting drafted, but the couple years they're playing under Favre and, and their relationship and how that went sour. And he seems like a guy who is interested in having that not happen. He's interested in his uh, legacy, et cetera. But he also is tremendously competitive, can be prickly. And um, yeah, so I'm interested to see that's it's see that seems like two opposite forces texts that are that are uh kind of on opposite ends of the scale here how does that balance out do you what do you think what do you think is going to happen <laughs> well yeah I, I think it's it's important to frame this with, with with the context that yes it seems like history is repeating itself a lot here but these are also you know even though rogers is about the same age Favre was when when aaron was drafted um, th- their individual situations are quite a bit different. Yeah. Rogers has been talking about playing in, into his early forties. Um, whereas at this point in his career, Favre had already started dropping hints about potential retirements. Um, and was already starting to play that song and dance with the Packers a little bit. So I think that that probably plays into a little bit of the, the fan paranoia and, 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 you know, the, the crazy reactions is, um, yeah, and, and, and that was, I still remember that being a part of it in 2005, but I feel like it's stronger now because um, we don't have an inkling that there's a chance that Rogers might call it quits in the next year or two or, or three um, that, that he's been adamant about wanting to play for another couple of years. Um, even as he is, you know, has acknowledged the the limitations that, that age in that position have. Um, so I think that plays into it at least a little bit. Um, and the other factor here too is, Jordan Love was never under consideration for the number one pick like Rogers was. Yeah. So this isn't this isn't a guy who you know sh- could have would have should have gone one two three, dropping to twenty four. This is a guy who you know best case was maybe a fringe top ten you know maybe teens guy, um, dropping a little ways towards the bottom of the first round. So I think it's important to keep those those qualifiers in mind too when we are comparing the situations, um, and, and I think that might those differences might be part of the reason why um, the, the reaction was so strong. Um, even though we have seen this, this song and dance before um, it is a little bit different just based on the the timing of the, the situation and, and where these players are at their careers. Yeah. And uh, Tex, you mentioned Rogers kind of talking about maybe playing into his forties and he has hinted uh, at that a, a little bit, but Alex, I, I heard John Meerding talking about this on his podcast this morning, and I very much agree with him. Um, so I, I want to run this by you. But don't you get the impression, though, that Rogers is the type of guy who could just retire at any time, could just decide one day, like, OK, that's it. I'm going to do the other fun stuff that I, that I like to do or um, – yeah, I don't know. Or maybe they win yeah. the Super Bowl next year or they do really well enough and he's just he's just oh, I, you know, he could play until he's 43. He could also stop at any time and neither one would surprise me. Yeah, I I mean, I 100% agree. I I was jokingly texting with a couple of friends about Rogers like retiring this offseason. Like, you know <laughs> Fuck what? It, I'm done. Like, that's it. <laughs> we don't even know if football's starting in September. I'm not going to worry about it. This is the end. Uh I'm going to go to my new home that I purchased and start a new life. I mean, he's it, he yeah he totally has that perception about him where like he would just be totally at peace like just ending his career where he wants to end it without playing it out to the last you know squeezing every last ounce of football out of himself like Peyton Manning where he's literally just a shell of himself because he's a lot bigger than football like he's so involved in so many things we know this 
the people who are fans of him as a person and following me has a ton of interest. He has a lot of things going for him. He runs in a lot of different circles of musicians and artists and things like that. The Packers have to protect themselves. And uh, Tex is 100% right about the differences. Like Aaron Rodgers was possibly the best player in that draft before the draft started. Like yeah. People thought he was going to go number one, and he fell to them. Ted Thompson had no choice. This regime had a choice, but clearly this just means that their grade on him is much higher than a lot of people's grades on him yeah. um, to be willing to trade up because them them doing this, it's either more about the players that they missed out on that, you know, that they just missed out on the receivers, maybe that they had graded so much higher than all the other guys who were left on the board that hopefully we get today on day two. Um, or they just feel like because Aaron Rodgers is so good, we're never going to have an opportunity while he's still playing for us to draft a guy as talented as Jordan Love again which means that they really believe in his talent. And, and I mean, I think if you read a lot of the scouting reports um, <laughs> and, uh, and you, um, sorry, I was distracted by an adorable pet that was on screen. Um, uh, but if you read a lot of the scouting reports and, you know, you look at the upside that exists with Jordan Love, like I would agree, you know, one of the Packers, a, you know, a, play, a game away from the Super Bowl going to have an opportunity to get that kind of guy again. So I, I think that that part of it, um, makes me, I, I want to trust them. Like I really do. I want to trust them. And I want to say that they're doing the right thing by having a safety net. And also, you know, like in addition to the retirement thing, which was your original question, Zach, there's injuries, man. Like this guy has had a lot of injuries yep. and we haven't been able to say in a really long time, maybe ever that if Aaron Rodgers goes down, the Packers can survive. And we've had two chances to, to see how that plays out. One of them got, the last coach fired and the one before that um, Matt Flynn was able to like piece things together enough to yeah. keep us afloat when Rogers yeah. came in and saved the day on uh, a team that won eight games, you know? So um, I heard Tom Silverstein talking about that on, on their podcast as well this morning It's something that I hadn't thought about, but the Packers haven't had a backup quarterback who could, you could trust to win a damn game since Matt Flynn. And they had to bring him back at some point. And now they, they have someone that I feel like has the talent to go out there and, and make something happen. Certainly, uh, it, it could be in the end for Tim Boyle. I mean, talent-wise, <laughs> there's a big differ, big difference there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and the other thing, too, that, you know, and to the injury point, you know, the, the percent, it was even crazier with Brett Favre. Yes, he was flirting with retirement, but he, he was the Iron Man. He never missed a bleeping game. Yeah. So, like, a backup quarterback wasn't something you ever thought about. It was like a joke. Oh, back up in Green Bay. It's like the easiest job in football. That's not the case with Aaron Rodgers. He misses significant time. And if he goes down and breaks his collarbone again or has another injury to the same leg where he's like, I feel like he's hurt every muscle in it. What do you like? Are you going to be mad that they use their first round pick on a guy who maybe could come in and be competent? Um, yeah. You know, I, so I and there's also a lot of draft left. <laughs> I mean, that's something everybody's saying, but. They can walk away with starting caliber players today. I mean, the guy taken after Aaron Rodgers, who they knew wasn't going to play for a number of years, was Nick Collins, who is a borderline Hall of Fame talent. Yep. Had his had his injury, you know, his career not been cut short to injury. Like that's still in play. So, um, yeah, is that enough optimism for you there? <laughs> <laughs> Tex, what does your cat think about all this? I'll take a screenshot and put that on our. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> on our Instagram at the APC pod. Yeah, she's uh, she's she's real, real interested in what's going on here. She's just happy at this point that the, the desk surface is clear because I cleared off uh, all the 
extra keyboards and stuff and yeah. monitors from last night with yeah. the video chat. But um, no, I think part part of this is is fundamentally it, it does boil down to the fact that they really like Jordan Love. Yep, that much is very clear, um, especially from from Goody's comments, from like you mentioned Lafleur's facial expressions and things. Um, they clearly like this guy, and when you you look at the tape on him, it's easy to find things that reasons that scouts and coaches would would like him. Um, 2018, when he was really really good, um, his 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 arm talent is maybe one of the best, if not the best, in this draft class. I think you can certainly make that case that that he's got um, a, a livelier arm and a more fluid throwing motion than than even guys like Burrow and Tua. Um, so, so it, it comes natural to him there. It, it just seems that everything, all the knocks on him were the decision-making, um, the, the, the choices to throw where he did, especially in 2019. And, you know, we, we spent a lot of time thinking about it last night. And then I was thinking about it today a little more and digging into it. And I, I do think that they buy into the idea that the changes that they had at Utah state last year, um, were really a big part of why he regressed as much as he did. Um, different coaching staff, his entire receiving core from 2018 graduated and left. Yeah, there was um, a supporting his, cast issue there. Yes, a bunch of his offensive linemen left. So, I mean, he was dealing with a couple of grad transfer receivers and, um, you know, a, a true freshman, and a true sophomore, I think, in 2019. And there was even a scout that 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 was in the, the Bob McGinn piece on the quarterbacks who said that Jordan Love is the only guy I've ever scouted who's going to have bigger windows to throw into in the pros than he did in college because his receivers <laughs> couldn't separate last year. So I think you you are obviously projecting his talent and projecting the the faith in this coaching staff to to bring that out of him and to to develop him into um you know the the best version of himself that he can be, which if he gets there probably is a, a pretty damn good quarterback. Um, but I think you you do have a a low floor, high ceiling um, question about him as a player. Um, and and certainly he's, his ideal scenario would be a place where he could maybe sit for a year before taking the reins. Um, three years is probably too much in, in the modern NFL, and that was my big point yesterday. But, um, you know, to, to your point, I mean, who knows how long it is that, that Rodgers keeps playing at this point. So, um as a, as a backup option, I, I certainly would feel better with him out there than Deshaun Kaiser or, um, or Tim Boyle or any of these guys. Um, and, and again, the talent's there. It's, it's going to be up to the coaching staff now to bring it out of him. Yeah. All right. Well, I wanted to keep this short and just get some, uh, some rapid reactions out of you guys, but, uh, we've, uh, we've expounded, we've danced around things before we get out of here. Uh, let's just get the, the thumbs up or thumbs down. Alex, are you loving this pick or not? Um, I, I, I'm, I, yes. And, and, you know, I think it, again, a lot of it is also, I, I enjoy, I enjoy the, the drama, the, the soap opera of it. Uh, you know, you tweeted last night, maximum chaos. Like there, <laughs> there's a, a large portion of me that also just loves to kind of like just soak that all in. So yeah. from that regard, like when Twitter's losing its mind and nobody knows what to make of anything, I love it. Like it's, just, it's, it's a fun experience. Um, yeah. And from a football side, I think I'm liking it more. You know, I think I, I I've since you know read a lot of the things, uh, like uh, especially what Tech said uh, about the you know the only guy throwing to, well, that'll throw in larger windows and the pros, and you can clearly see that they're willing to chalk up a lot of his flaws to his supporting cast, and they feel like there's a lot to work with there. Yeah, and they 
have plenty of time to work with him. So if he's good, awesome. They did the right thing. And maybe 15 years from now, we'll be having another conversation on draft night and talking about how, you know, they'll show the flashback of Jordan Love getting drafted and Aaron, like, what are they going to do with Aaron Rodgers? And it'd be like, you know, this whole cyclical thing. And if he's not good, he'll be the bridge to them having a high enough pick to take another quarterback who hopefully will be. So like yeah. he's a, he's a means to an end one way or another. He's 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 the end of the Aaron Rodgers era, or he's he's gonna basically get you to that point where you can you know find the next guy. So um, yeah, I'm I'm giving thumbs up. Tex, same question to you. No more equivocating, man. Thumbs up, <laughs> thumbs down. What do we got? Well, I'll, I'll give you my first answer as the editor of a website that covers the Packers, and that's a hard thumbs up. Uh, it certainly gives <laughs> clicks, us no shortage clicks. of things to talk about for the next, uh, you know, months and years at this point. Um, if if you're asking me, just judging on the pick, uh, I still I'm still in thumbs down territory. Okay. I'm not there yet. Um, I think his red flags are are serious enough that um, I I was not I did I would not have considered him a first round talent because of the issues that that he displayed last year. Um, I, I can, again, I can see why somebody would, would like him and would put a first rounder on uh, first round value on him. Um, I just don't see that as being, you know, the right place to draft him. So from that perspective, um, you know, I, I, I don't like to see my team draft a quarterback in the first round when I don't think he's worthy of a first round pick. So it, it boils, basically boils down to that for me, that, uh, I think there were other players that, that I think were just purely better values, um, and and I would have rather have seen them some go in a, if, in a different direction because of that. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, we got our reactions. Let's get uh, Twitter's reaction. I put out at, at the APC pod on Twitter for some round one note nug. So before we get out of here, let's read some of those. John Ramos writes in this pick is fine. They couldn't trade down for value and no receivers good enough for value. So they took a shot and gave up a fourth round for upside and can probably still get the receiver they want. Packers Twitter is irrational. Likewise, Ryan tweets in literally nothing to complain about. It's not up to me how this goes down. Just along for the ride. <laughs> I feel like that's the Alex Patakas take. I'm just along for the ride and I want to see, you know, he didn't say maximum chaos, but I think that's that's probably part of the appeal. Uh, Gavin tweets in fine by me as long as they get what they need going forward. So some optimism about round two and on. Chris says, I get thinking of the future, but the Niners got a lot better yesterday on paper while we did not. Thinking about the now, Chris disagrees. Let's do uh, one more. And this is from Gareth. He says, uh, it seems a year or two early, but I guess you don't pass on a guy if you think he's the next Favre or Rogers. So a bit of uh, waffling back and forth there. That's kind of the camp I'm in where I just, I I don't know enough to say one way or the other. And I know that that is not, uh, that's not sexy, but if you think you're going to be a pretty good team over the next few years, how often are you going to get the opportunity to draft a round one quarterback? Probably not that often. So I think the, the type of player that Jordan love is, cause he's, I think by all, uh, by everyone thought of as a prospect, like a, yeah. a guy that needs grooming. I think that makes it so much easier too. you know, like I, I, I guess I would say it's really nice that this could happen this way and not come off as a slap into the face to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like they're still committed to him. They're very clearly still expecting him to lead them to really good things. In, they're paying him a lot know, of for money next, for a while. <laughs> yeah. They're paying him yeah. a lot of money over the course of that period of time. They're expecting him to be great for a number of years. 
So I could be excited about both. And, and I, and I want to be, and I like that it doesn't come as a slight to him um, because he's not a player who's ready to play now. And that no one would have thought of as a player who's ready to play now. So um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it just like, it just feels to me, it just feels a little bit better than uh, when the Packers took Rogers because Favre was flirting with retirement and because Rogers was like thought of as, you know, arguably number one overall worthy. It, it felt so much more drastic. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It does feel a little bit better. And we hope that you guys feel better after having listened to uh, a little bit of back and forth about this uh, stunner of a first round pick. Uh, so the first round is in the books. It is uh, Friday afternoon as we record this. So round two is ahead of us as well as the rest of the draft. And uh, we will be back to talk more about that. Maybe on Sunday we'll record something, certainly throughout the week next week. Um, and either way, acmepackingcompany.com, where Tex is holding it down. Uh, all your content needs there from the draft at the APC pod on Twitter, at Alex Patakis, at Tex Western at Zach Rapport. Um, if you like what you hear and you want to help the show, patreon.com slash notenugs, 1G, plural, N-O-T-E-N-U-G-S, patreon.com slash notenugs. We uh, thank you guys for supporting the show. Um, the free way to support the show is to give us a rating on iTunes, tap that five-star review button. We got a very nice review uh, yesterday. We really appreciate it. Again, we read them all. And uh, that's the end of my spiel here. Jordan Love is a Packer. He's going to wear number 10. And uh, we're on. We're on to round two, etc. Thanks, Tex. Thanks, Alex. And uh, Godspeed, guys. Enjoy your day. Go Pack Go. Yeah.